please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbart, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, Monday, sun's out, rain comes back tomorrow, but we're in the shed. Episode two of uh, Monday's Experts. Uh, James, I'll introduce you first because you look healthy. I am healthy. Barnsley, yeah. how are you feeling? My voice is a cross between. It's almost like Darren Lockyer got together with Gary Larson. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> La- Gary Larson did have a bad voice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologise. I'm going to remain relatively quiet for this one because my voice is atrocious. I just got back from the uh, Bodie Boys camping trip and, uh, oh, one of the greatest weekends of my life. Basically fell off the planet for three days. I've watched zero sport. I'm trying to catch up on what's on. So I'm just going to kick back here, relax, and listen to you boys talk sport, and I'll add, add some stuff where I can. That's all good. We'll hold it together. Uh, <laughs> that's what, why Woody and I are here. Um, what did you get up to, James? Uh, I did uh, an event for Liebar down at, um, down at Coffs Harbour, the ABB, which is a qualifying, North Coast qualifier for the tag team national finals, and we were unsuccessful. Lost in the semis. So, yeah, just been just contemplating where I'm at in my tag team surfing career. <laughs> Sounds like you washed up for six months. I am. Next one. Back, back to the drawing board. How many years has it been since you haven't qualified? I don't think we ever haven't. We've wow. won that qualifying one, I think, four years in a row. We won it six out of the last five. So, yeah, we've got to fucking just go into a room of mirrors or something. <laughs> Back to we, the drawing Yeah, board. we had it. That, but hats off, Byron won. Byron are, like, you know, a big rival. They've, they had a great team and they were, they were fucking ripping. They Danny s- Will surf or Danny? No, uh, they had Dakota Walters. Solly. Solly Bailey. Um, and I don't, I can't quite remember who else they had. But they had a solid, like everyone was solid. They just had, and, and obviously they had Dakota who was on fire. He was ripping. Well, I, uh, I attended um, Manalee Golf Day yesterday, which oh, is great always. great in Ballina there. Yeah, great, a great day, raising money for people in need uh, that are ex-NRL uh, players or ex-league players, I suppose. Um, so they raised quite a bit of money. Um, shotgun start, a couple of groups on each tee, so they had. It was, uh, it was a lot of people there. It was a really good afternoon. They're a tremendous charity, that. I think, um, obviously, if you're not in the rugby league world, you won't know about them, but they do so much for, especially all those guys who are suffering from dementia and all that. It basically falls on the mental league to come up with the funding to help these guys. So they do a hell of a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, so I suppose keep it up. Yeah, they, uh, and they gave some examples, recent examples, the last six months of what they've done um, in our uh, our patch uh, on the north coast where they've helped our people, um, which is fantastic. So, another great uh, charity. This time of year, is it, does it get any better than like a good old fashioned golf day? Well, yes, they are, but it was fun. So, so I, I played <laughs> in a four ball with Damon Meany, um, which is Nick Meany, who plays for Melbourne Storm's father, uh, Nick and, uh, and Zach, my, my little fella. Uh, well, he's not that little. Uh, we had a great arbor. Four, yeah. Is it just like the traditional four ball? Yeah, four ball boys. Yeah, Ambrose. Which. I think we shot six under. You could play that every weekend and have a hell time. You know what I mean? As long as someone can hit it. It's good playing with guys that are a bit younger because they can... Whack it. Know, yeah. Nick and Zach really... Yeah. yeah. They, they got a few out there. I'm looking so forward to the, uh, the, my little segue into the Healthy Minds Golf Day. Raise some money. We're in a couple of weeks. We've got the ball and what all. What day is that, Condo? That's uh, two weeks yesterday. 
So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> two, two, two weeks, weeks yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. does that mean you have to time travel to go back to it or <laughs> look, James? Two all, you, weeks. all you need to know is you're still in the ball on all teams. It's Every two Sundays out there, guys. <laughs> we're not. It's like the Australian cricket team. It's like once you're in, you're in. All right, and we've got a junior team that's going to participate this time. So Have we're you. putting in three teams. Uh, fantastic initiative there in a couple of weeks, raising money for men's mental health. Uh, bulletin board. So this week we've obviously got the podcast today, which will go out tonight, um, and then uh, Thursday um, captains run, and also we've got Macy Callanan in the shed after that on Thursday afternoon, which I'm really looking forward to. Macy's uh, she's only pretty young, but she's achieved a lot. She's very mature, speaks really well, so it's a good story. Exciting stuff. Around the grounds, plenty happening. We've got a T20 World Cup, um, Australia versus Ireland, run rates are going to come into calculation. Um, the one that I was looking forward to on the weekend, they just sat there for like three hours and just watched it rain at the MCG, Australia versus England, washed out. Just imagine if you could have taken that game and just gone, all right, boys, rain's on its way, we're just ducking straight across to Etihad and we're going to put the game on. Put the roof over. Bloody great idea. Why didn't they do that? It's tough in today's world. Hit sponsorship and getting workers and all that sort of stuff. But even if they didn't have a crowd, at least they could have got a game in. But hit a, hit a fucking indoor cricket fucking club. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Let's get it going. I just was sitting there. I had a beer. I was ready to go. And then someone said, it's bucketing down. It's not going to stop. Um, it'd be cool. Why don't we right now? So you've got all these weird ways to calculate who's going to make it into the knockout stage. Right now, off the top of your head, if you had to split England and Australia to get in, would you do it like, if you're in the Australian cricket team or the England cricket team, would you do it, I don't know, two overs bowling, two overs batting? Would you do something like that? Instead of like going off a runway or whatever it is, like losing. You know how they do it now. Well, it's funny you say that because I heard Michael Clark talking exactly about this and he reckons you'd bring it down to the least you'd go would be five. Five bowling, five batting. No, five, five overs. overs. Just five overs. Everyone just go in and has a tonk. Fuck, it'd be sick. It'd only I... take like, what, an hour? Yeah, not even if... Yeah, probably 45 minutes and you get a result. I actually yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, it's not a bad way of doing it. I'm going up actually to the game at the Gabba tonight, so I'm going to watch Australia Island. I'm looking forward to it. I, we're all riding Island off. They've beaten England. Who's the big guns in the Island side? I, uh, Paddy O'Connor. I, oh, fuck, I don't know. Luke Keary? Well, he could be in there. I don't Is, know. Do you know if... Um, I don't, know, I don't know if he's still playing. Do you know if Conor McGregor is actually the spin bowler? <laughs> <laughs> I don't reckon he'd be coordinated enough. Uh, I I but in saying that, I watched, I tell you what, even when you watch these games, watching some of the minnows, like Zimbabwe had a massive win over Pakistan, but that was a cracker yesterday, them in Bangladesh. Did you see any of that? Yeah. I did. It was excellent. Then them going back in mm. for that last ball. Oh, I was entertaining. So, look, Australia need to, what, do we, what do we need? We need a ton of run rate, don't we? Yeah, we need a good run. Like, we need to flog them. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll find out tonight. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Wallabies in the UK, first game. Uh, they got up on the bell, 16-15 over Scotland, so well done to the Wallabies. Do you watch it, mate? I watched the highlights. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch it live. I was flicking between that and the league, actually. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's good to – who have they got next? France, I think. Yeah, France That's and a tough France. One. That'll be a uh, – it's a tough one just staying awake for that one because usually they kick off at 9 o'clock at night. It's, uh, it's a long day to try and kill when you're nervous as hell before oh, they, a test. In France, they yeah, kick they off, kick off late because the French are like mate, they, they do don't, everything. They don't late get out of bed till like seven thirty at night. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be a late one. Um, just the women's. The women's. Did you watch that, mate? I didn't get a chance to. I was still away. Okay, I watched it. 
that English side, I reckon they could beat a lot of the men's sides. How good are they? They are good. They yeah. are serious. That's, so that's 29. 29 in a row. In a row. 41-5, they beat the Aussies. Unfortunately, Aussies just nowhere near the pace of that English side. Physically as well. Like those women, like they're good. They hit skill-wise, top shelf. I was just... Um I was just got off the phone with one of the West Tigers recruitment guys, and uh, they're actually going to. I think they're going to actually recruit probably five or six of the women's English rugby team into our NRL side for next year, not for the great, women's side for the men. That's a great call. That's what Tim Sheens is over there, isn't he? Yeah, but he must have missed the wrong flight because he should be in New Zealand, not actually in England. No, no, yeah, he's uh, he's going to get a few of these players. That <laughs> so we're going to actually have a. Decent crack. So actually. put your recruitment hat on. If they've recruited four or five, who are the four or five that you, that are going, that are out the door? So we're replacing, obviously, James Tarmow's gone. Luciano, Leilua. Um, so all forwards? Yep. We need, a, we need a bit of front. Well, that English pack, they're pretty bloody yeah. good. Uh, rugby league, uh, we're getting close to the quarterfinals. I don't know. The, my, my take out of the weekend, I hope I'm incorrect, but... There seems to be a lot of uh, a lot coming out that they're prob- that Mal's probably going to stick with half five eight Queensland combination. I don't reckon that's the right go, is it? You got to have Cleary there, haven't you? Worst case, would you play Cleary at fourteen? Could you play him as a like? Oh, would you play him over Hunt? Oh, I don't think so. Probably not, eh? Well, I think the d- dilemma comes down to you either start Cleary or you or he's out of the yeah, team, yeah. and you, and then you got to have Cherry Evans and Hunt. But see, Cherry Evans can do the fourteen job really well. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, start Cleary. But even even between all three, like Hunt, Cleary, and um, Cherry Evans, they're all they all def- like they fucking whack. Like they can all defend yeah. well. So if they had to play as a fourteen, let's any- be honest, they're really losing anything with all three. <laughs> like it's pretty good. You know the one thing I learnt yesterday, uh, just having a good chat to Nick Mooney um, over four or five hours of golf, and I know Nick pretty well, but. And you know this, Barnsley. Just the uh, what these guys what what these guys put themselves through, especially when you get to the back end of the season, the injuries they play with, and the amount of needles they have to take to stay on the field. Yeah. Like we 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 sit here and we're really critical of performances. You just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and some of the stories he sort of mentioned this week of what was going on behind the scenes at Melbourne coming into the semis and then in the semis, and they look they look busted. And then yeah. when you hear those stories, you sort of go, yeah, right, that makes sense. Yeah, that was yeah. a difference this year for Penrith. Penrith were healthy. 100%. They were busted last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? They somehow found a way to win it. But this year they were actually healthy and, and they just they well, played like a team Edwards. was. Didn't yeah. he play the year before with like broken a foot. broken foot? Broken foot. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he was on crutches until he, he, had a good, he had a good foot and he bloody won the... Um, he was on crutches in the judgment. tunnel until he ran out. Yeah. Um, big day tomorrow, Melbourne Cup. Yeah, yeah, I know so much about horse racing. So do I not. <laughs> Woody, talk us through it. All right, so I'm going off my mentor, my shaping mentor. Uh, you know, he's played a big part in shaping my betting life as well. That's Chris Brock. If anyone knows Brocky, numerology. Obviously, <laughs> there's patterns in numbers. There's trees look like fives, ants look like sevens. He can add shit together, clouds, form. Ready? Here we go. I'm writing them down, James. Write them down. So, obviously, the favourite, and this one is from Europe. It's Deville Legend. Is that how yeah. you say? It? Well, they Deville. Yeah, Deville. and my take on that. Well, I, well, <laughs> I just said I know nothing about it, but I read something this morning. Is if it's not wet, they reckon it'll win by the length of the straight. 
Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've been told. And then the other one that everyone that I was, I like it, $15. Ho ya mao. Is it who you mail or who you, you mail? Yeah. I just think it's the Gay best Waterhouse, name in the field. Craig Williams, he's the one that um, I was liking the look of. And then the other one that I won money on uh, was the one that Hugh Bowman's writing. What's the name? Oh, uh, no, sorry, not the one that Hugh Bowman, Mark Zara. It's, the, it's called Gold Trip. <laughs> yeah, everyone can tell we're really under the horses. I can't even read. Who are you on, Condo? Uh, is there a horse there called Montefilia? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on yep. that one. He's the second favourite. Yeah, okay, I'm You're on that one. a good chance, I reckon. Um, homework. Uh, well, actually, firstly, what have we learnt since our last podcast? Well, I'm going to throw out there, I really enjoyed Ange Postacoglu's chat on the Howie Games. How interesting is it during that podcast listening to him talk about the expectations when he arrived there as a coach of Celtic in a, a city that is just all about soccer, like as we know for Europe, but... It's really interesting hearing, like, because he didn't start well when he arrived there. No, he lost. So. He lost early, and there was a lot of pressure on him. And then all of a sudden, he got he got his go. It, it takes him a while, I think, to get it yeah, to get the style of footy he likes playing because yeah. he plays very attack yeah. attacking footy. It's all it's moving it forward. You got to constantly move forward. Yeah, it's just brilliant. I, I love that about him. And it's now like he's Pep. known as yeah, like Pep. Yeah, so now he's known as Big Ange there, and he basically can do. Do no wrong in the city, but great to see him get to the Champions League. Like just like he's played Real Madrid at Real Madrid now as a, as an Aussie coach, you know, yeah, on huge. the world stage. It's it's bloody massive. So, uh, and you forget that he won a title. He won with a roar. Yep. Um, victory of victory. Went to Australia, did pretty well there, and left for the World Cup. And then he won Jap- the J League yeah, in Japan, won, yep. which was re- and he took him from last to first in a year. So, yep. look, whatever they say about it, the bloke can coach. Yeah, well, it's a good. It's another great uh, podcast on Howie Games. I really enjoyed it as well. On the same note, uh, I was reading in the paper on Saturday, Napoli. So they're they're in, through the middle of the eighties into the early nineties. Yep. Maradona. They had Maradona there, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, biggest one of the biggest clubs in Italy. They dropped away after he uh, left the club in the early nineties. They're on about a thirteen game winning streak. They, they've always been inside the top four the last say, half decade. Anyway, the new coach they've had, he got second last year. His car got stolen. Uh, so this is a Napoli coach. Got stolen from their home stadium, a little Fiat. It got stolen and they made a sign this season going, if you leave, we'll give your car back. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets interviewed and he goes, he goes, I'll think about leaving as long as my CDs are still in the car. <laughs> uh, anyway, they now love him. Same thing, he's on a... You know, they're winning. The, I think they're either winning or they're second in the league. They've, they haven't lost a game in the Champions League and they lost a lot of good players, but he's such a good coach. He's got all the young guys going and they're, they're playing really good football. But I just thought that whole scenario of like asking for the CDs with the car back. I'd imagine if he's doing pretty well, he can afford more than a first. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> it was just funny. He seems like a pretty simple guy. Well, like, those, guys, those guys get paid a lot of money. Fuck yeah. So I... I I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, if you, if as long as my CDs are still in the car. <laughs> like, when did anyone stop? Like, keep. I, I don't know if anyone's got CDs in their car still, do they? Uh, there's no CDs in the chimney <laughs> that I sold last week. Um, what have you learnt this week, Woody? What have I learnt? Probably just with that Ned Brockman podcast that I listened oh, to on yeah. the way down to Coffs Harbour. We listened to one with uh, yeah. Inspired, sorry, Unemployed, and. Uh, yeah. They just interviewed Ned Brockman for about an hour. Amazing podcast. Really funny, their take on it. 
just how fucking gritty and determined that guy is just to keep going. And he, and he went in depth of the injuries he was dealing with and how he do, had to drive 14 hours through the night to go get his shin scan where it was making his foot drop. And, he got, and the doctor he drove like way down to this hospital, uh, way down to this major town, wherever it was, in the middle of Nullarbor somewhere. It was like top of South Oz. Got it checked. The guy's like, get in a moon boot for six weeks or we'll give you one of these foot um, bands to strap it up and you can keep your foot upright and you can just keep running. He goes, well, fuck, that's what I've got to do. And the next day he walked, I think, six hours and then the day after he ran ten hours. Is that what he did? 14 yeah. hours so to, to, go to 40, get an assessment. So he goes, mate, the worst thing about driving 14 hours was going – he had to drive the road that he was going for 40 – that he was going to come back and run so he got to see what the road looked like for 14 hours. He was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. So, yeah. Did, you, was, see, did that, you see the footage of him with Jimmy Barnes on the weekend? Yeah, wrapping it out. How good? Because uh, I think he was – Pretty much his inspiration for a lot of the songs that he kept putting up that he wanted to listen yeah, to. I think he run. said he said uh, he only had like a certain amount of he didn't listen to music for the first eight days of the run, and then once he got into like ten or twelve days, he started listening to music, and he only had us because there was no reception. He could only listen to what he downloaded on his on his um, phone. I think it was only ACDC there for the first week. Just like a, just on that note, there's a, I got put onto it from Benny Berry, your mate Benny, who we had on during the floods. He put me onto a guy who's doing something similar. He's running across Australia. His name's Will, William, William Burnett, and he's doing it for veterans. He's supposed to finish in Byron Bay in about four weeks' time. So I think we keep tracking him. Yep. And if this bloke can get there, and he's, he's taking his family on the whole journey, they're all supporting him. So it uh, looks like a champion. Um, and if he can get across there, I reckon we should run in with him on that day. It'd be bloody, bloody brilliant. 100%. Um, our homework this week, Woody, you've got a great nomination. Yeah, uh, King Richard. So uh, it's, it's on, on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I think it's also on Fox as well. Um, it's obviously a story of um, Richard Williams, who was uh, Venus and Serena Williams' dad, and just like a look at their path to get into the top tour and, and obviously to win majors. And it's, I started a bit of it. But it's, it's so far, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm He's looking forward to watching that. Freak. freak so we'll have a review on Thursday. Yeah, a review for, coming uh, your way for King Richard. Yeah, for Friday's uh, Captain's Run. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that one. Um, get off the fence this week. Uh, athletes unretiring. There's a few. Brady. Yeah, well, it's been, I suppose, the big news this week's Tom Brady because obviously the divorce um, yeah. with the, has been finalised. He's obviously, from... From what you can see, he's obviously made a call way ahead of when he was comfortable last year. She must have been putting it on him heavy last year. And then he lost pretty much by a throw to LA, who eventually went on yeah. and won. And he would have known, fuck, if I got that, if we got that right, probably could have won that Super Bowl as well. They would have smashed this, um, probably smashed um, Thingo in the Super Bowl. And... Um, yeah, and then he's gotten into the off-season going, no, fuck that, I want to keep playing. And then that's just it. Oh, I'll get off the f- – I, I think it very rarely works. It does. So if you're thinking about – once you've put that cue in the rack, think very freaking long about coming back again because often you put your family at risk, which is what we've seen here with Ty. Their relationship may have been done. Don't get me wrong. Like there was probably issues there, but when you go, when you decide to come back, it very rarely ends in success. And as we're seeing right now, what a Tampa three and six or three and five. Yeah, three, they're struggling. Three and five. They're struggling. 
So, and, and playing ordinary. Yeah. So I, I don't know where you sit on it, but I, I, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head someone coming back again and it really going well. Like, look at boxing. Boxing it happens a lot, and very often they end up pretty crook as a result of it. So, yeah. Where do you sit? Well, I, the, the reason I raise it for get off the fence this week is uh, the word that Serena's going to come back. Really? Yeah, she only just retired. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of talk in the US on the weekend um, that she's she's had second thoughts and she's going to come back. Oh, I, I'm sort of with you. No, I, I don't. I think it's you don't want to retire too early. Obviously, you've been through all the ins and outs of doing that yeah. in, in in the last couple of years. It's you, you've got to be in the right headspace to go. Yeah, you know the time when to walk. That's it. That's over. I would think in Serena's case. It was well and truly over. Well, I could see why a person like Ash Barty had come back. So if Ash, say, in three or four years' time, gets that itch again and goes, you know what, I miss competing. I miss that. Yeah. I miss that grind. I miss the challenge. She's had a kid or maybe two, and she goes, you know what, yep, it's, I'm ready again. Yeah. I get that. She's very young. But when you're middle to late 30s, in Tom Brady's case, 45, there's nothing else he can do. If he wins another Super Bowl, is it going to change his life or his legacy? Probably not. No. Let's let's have a look at a couple. I can think of a couple off the top of my head. That one, first one that comes to mind that worked well. He got four more world titles. Was Slater? So yeah. Slater won his yeah, sixth point. world title, for yeah. his seventh in '98. Yeah, good point. Come from behind, beat Wilsey and Mick Cambo. He yeah. retired '99, 2000, 2001. Does he have a family? He didn't know, he had a, I think he had he a, a kid, girl. he's grown yeah, yeah, but anyway, he, it took him three or four years to actually get back and win a title of full-time competing. He'd be the one that comes to mind that did well, but I can think of Ian Thorpe coming out of retirement to try and qualify for the Olympics. Okay. I don't even know if he knew how to swim. Yeah, I believe Hackett might have done it too. Hackett did it, they didn't. Jeff they Hugel were, did it. And then the, the other one's Michael Jordan, he, he come out of retirement, I think a second time to play for, for Washington, Washington Wizards. Wizards, and yeah. he... He was okay, but he was in a bad team and it made him look pretty average. Yeah. I don't think you can class Jordan's first retirement as a retirement. No, like it was, it was, it, it was his, Yeah, just, there was a lot yeah, happening for his him. His father there. dying and anyway. Uh, balls up this week. We've got a few uh, a few takers. We'll start with you, James. You've got one. Yeah, I've got well obviously mentioned it at the start, but obviously us Lee Bar board riders in the North Coast qualifier for um the ABB, we fucking melted. So that's that's me. That's that's a close to home balls up. Yeah, it fucking pisses me off. What about the NBA? We've got two. We've got two big franchises, and I don't really like the word franchises, but the Lakers yeah. and the and uh, and Brooklyn, um, that are just yeah basket cases. So big markets, huge big markets. expectation. Like, like the Lakers would be the richest, if not in the top three richest NBA clubs in America. They got the biggest market. You know, obviously one of the most famous sporting clubs in the world. Um, they've got the best player of the whole generation and they have fucking shot him in the foot trying to match him up with bad after bad after bad recruits like really bad no shooters so lebron's a pass guy he's got no one that can shoot grab ben simmons (laughs) yeah he can't throw himself in the ocean let alone a fucking he's struggling at the moment isn't he and he's using the excuse of a year out a year out a year out well so you can tell big time so the yesterday's games kd had the shits he he walked off. He didn't even wait for the team to walk off. He was off the, off against. They lost to Indiana. Yeah, wow. Which is a low. They're a young side. They're just fully rebuilding. They lost 
pretty easily. Yeah, okay. Condo, golf, what's going well, on? Well, uh, the live, um, the live, I suppose, tour or whatever finished this morning, uh, which was their team's event over the weekend. Actually really riveting golf, especially today. Uh, Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith going toe-to-toe. Really good watching. Cam Smith, unbelievably good. Shot 65 there this morning. The thing that I'd like to make, I think, is a bit of a balls up there, is the point that I'd like to make is like, it's probably moved too far, unfortunately, now because Liv's actually really getting traction for the PGA to sit down with them. But, geez, I hope they, hope they can sort something out because it's just dividing the whole golf world. Liv have now actually got a really good product, which is sort of really based around the IPL sort of model. And the team environment and the team sort of, I suppose, take on it, I think, it'll, I think it's going to continue to get a lot of traction. And the word is that there's a lot of top players that are ready to go for the start of next year. So I think the ball's up there is the PGA put their head in the sand. And I think any of these, uh, you know, Super League equivalents, it just ends in tears if you don't sit down at the table. My question is to you, Stephen. Um, the only person that calls me Stephen is my mother. Yeah. Well, I'm nearly there. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my question is like, as as if you're an, if you're another top pro on the PGA, so you're a top twenty guy in the world, roughly in the PGA, and you're watching how interesting, fun a team sport that they don't play often on the PGA. It's only really the Ryder Cup, mm. a few things like that. It must be, and the money that they receive at the end of playing something really fucking fun, it must be like it must have, if it grabbed your attention. Those boys that train every day and play, surely they're like, whoa, fuck. Well, I'll I'll make two points quickly. I think one podcast that I think was spot on that I listened to some time ago when it all blew up was from an agent, a very, uh, an agent that's been in the game since, say, the early 90s when there wasn't a lot of money in the game. His point, without taking over sides, was he just said, the game has moved so far with the whole visual coaching side of it and swings have just got so much better that... Early 90s, we might have had 150 or 200 really good players around the globe. He said, now, I could find if I could find spots for 600 golfers globally, I've got them. All they need is opportunity and starts. So that's the first point I'd make. That's what Liv has provided. Then when you go to the money, I'll just leave you with, with this one. Pat Perez, 48-49, just about to go on to the uh, Champions Tour. His best year on the PGA Tour, I think he was maybe just touched $2 million bucks in earning for one year. This year, before the, uh, the team event this weekend, he'd earned $8 million playing live, and then this morning, another four mil dropped in. Jesus. So he's earned, he has earned 12 mil. Okay, my final question for you, Stephen, about the golf. You've got, you got the best of the best on the PGA that have been there since the 70s. Like, uh, is the level of golf that the top guys are playing on the live tour, are they playing as high a level as your Rory's, your JT's, your Tigers on, on the PGA? Like, is the level going to drop? I had this conversation with a few people this morning. The top four or five, Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, 100% are top 10 golfers in the so world they'll, right they'll now. So they'll go toe-to-toe with anyone 100%. Okay. Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith are playing out of their backside. Yeah, okay. Cam Smith shot seven, uh, sorry, 65 on a course, which is – like ridiculously good. Imagine this, right? It gets to the point where Live Golf picked their best top, best fucking team. PGA That's picked That's what I'm saying. And it's a fucking jewel. Yeah. That'd be that'd be priceless. 100%. Imagine the TV rights for that. It'd yeah. be unbelievable. Anyway, on to Balls, balls Deep. Barnsey. I'm going to throw one out there. Michael Checker. 
Is there a busier coach in the world? I don't know. But he's coaching Lebanon. He'll coach them against Australia in the quarterfinal in the rugby league. He'll then jump on a plane and fly to England to take on to coach Argentina against the uh, the English at Twickenham a week later in rugby. So, look, there's chat of him putting his hand up for an NRL, NRL job. And, um, look, provided he gets the right assistance, I, I, I don't have any doubt he could do it. So Matt King, who uh, is from this area and coaches under Trent Robinson at the Roosters, he's on his coaching staff with Lebanon. Yep. And uh, he was asked that very question by Laurie Daly the other day on radio. And he said he's got such a good uh, model. It's all about the people he puts, it, puts around himself and hence why he can, he, he can chop and change from code to code and all the rest of it. So I don't think there's any doubt that he could make a fist of NRL. Uh, the one thing that Matt said that was uh, quite, um, I suppose it was funny, was uh, the other night all the Lebanese camp and all the Argies, they went to dinner. Oh, beautiful. So he had, he had the rugby, rugby union, the leaguies. They all sat down. He said it was a little bit difficult early on because of the... Language barrier. Yeah, language yeah. barrier. But, yeah, no, it's fantastic. No, Opening doors. I'm going to ask a quick question here as a punter. If you're a first... Michael Checker, first-time NRL coach, let's say, for the Dragons, they approached him, what are you tabling offer-wise? 500 a season? 500 grand a season? Nah, you'd have to no. pay Checker more than that. You'd have to pay him... I reckon it'd be a Top mil. dollar. Yeah. I reckon around a mil. Yeah. Okay, so at this stage when he's coaching Lebanon and Argentina right now, is he on around that sort oh, of money? I don't. I don't think so, but... Is he doing that more of a love job or just to keep working? Like, what's what sort of money is Argentina? I think, I think Lebanon's a love job, and yeah. I think um, I think Argentina are getting paid well, but Argentina are not a wealthy union, so I think it's more of an opportunity to get back into it. But now he's proved himself again. Yeah, I think rugby league would have to pay big dollars to get. So him. you'd be anywhere um, from. But what about yeah. the non ha- having to travel? You know, would that play a part too? He can stay. Well, in I Sydney. think it'd be handy for him because yeah. he's got young kids. Yeah. Like, mate, he's got really young kids. I don't know how he manages. His wife must be a champion. Yeah. Um, Dragons, I, 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 I sort of put Dean Young up there. I reckon that's a better choice. Michael Checker, please, Dragons, pick the phone up. Final word. Final word. You I've go yours. I've got one. All right, I'll, I'll keep on this note before you go yours, Woody. Yeah. All right. So we've just touched on the Lakers, the Nets, and we've touched on your Lee Bar team. Yeah. I love this quote. A champion team will always beat a team of champions. Mm, yep. Fantastic. Yep, I like it. And what about this one? This one's from Jake Trebojevic of the Manly Sea Eagles. Their biggest thing is their religion. My biggest thing is playing footy. Love it. Giddy up. See you on Thursday.